Hi, you're listening to Celluloid Cards Wallop with James and Gemma. Sit down and enjoy yourself, grab a snack and have some fun. Hello and welcome to this week's Celluloid Codswallop. Now this one, we've gone from discussing a wonderful, wonderful film about Catwoman to discussing a truly, truly terrible film. And I'd just like to say, on behalf of, you know, Head Scout and The Voice, we will not be held responsible for anybody who sees this film and develops a alcohol or drug uh, dependency or problem afterwards. So I'm going to bring on my wonderful, brilliant, exceptional, and frankly, made of incredibly strong stuff to discuss this film with me. Co-host for this episode, Joanne. Joanne, welcome. <laughs> Hi, James. I am so sorry. I was just sniggering there through your intro because... The only reason why you watched it was because I asked you to. <laughs> this I, is sorry. true. <laughs> I, I owe you so much drink. In fact, you don't drink and I don't drink. So uh, I owe you your, a chocolate of choice. Whatever chocolate okay. or sweet you demand, I think I'll have to probably give you a bucket load next time I see you. <laughs> In 2029 or whatever that is, when we're actually yeah. allowed out to do things. <laughs> Oh, dear. So, I think we need a vaccination so, against this film. Exactly. So, Joanne, tell us why you chose this film. Um, well, we all know I'm a kinkster and I'm in the sadomasochism, so I think that's possibly part of it. Well, I thought because we did <laughs> Batman Returns and we absolutely <laughs> loved it, and I asked you that time we recorded it, have you ever seen Catwoman? No, you said. Ah, you've got to watch it. <laughs> let's Let's review it. <laughs> And uh, you, you, you actually took me up on it. You were, uh, were game, I have to say. Yeah, mm. I obviously had seen it whenever it came out because um, I just, I just love Catwoman. And this was the film that I had wanted to see ever since Michelle Pfeiffer graced our street screens in '92, and the Batman animated series. And of course, way back in the '60s, we had Julie Newmar and Eartha Kitt, and your other woman who wasn't as good that was in the film, whose name has just left me. Lee Merriweather? That'll be her. Yeah, I don't think uh-huh. she was just as good as the other two. But, so, yes, Catwoman, um, the 2004 mm. film that really probably never should have been, that had all the hopes of uh, us leather-clad lovers um, in its tight little paws, and that just, really it did what cats do. It killed us and left us on somebody's, somebody's doorstep, because mm. this film... Yeah, I think a dead bird is on your doorstep was probably a better gift than what this film gave us. Well, I'm inclined to agree, but the film has an interesting bit of history because obviously 92 Batman Returns came out and, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer was Catwoman. And obviously the original plan from that was he looked at doing a spin-off. And my Mm -hmm. my understanding of what was going to happen with that is it was going to be um, I don't know if Tim Burton would have still done it, but this idea was that I think some sort of uh, amnesiac still uh, Selena ends up in like some of that's like a comic book version of Las Vegas where there are other former you know, DC characters say and she's going to be involved in sort of some sort of criminality there. 
don't know what it would have been like. Could have been completely bonkers. We'll never know. That obviously never came to fruition. And then I believe Ashley Judd was the yep. actress they looked at for the longest time to play the part. And I do remember reading articles where they sort of said she was definitely going to go ahead with it. It was going to happen. That fell through, th- fell through for some reason. And they got Halle Berry. And on paper, Halle Berry probably looks like a really good choice to do the film. Because I don't know if she had won the Oscar or she was up for the Oscar. Um, and she was going to make this film and she's beautiful and she's talented. And mm-hmm. the the wheels just fell off. And the thing that I don't get about this film is when you look at the cast, it has a good cast. You know, you've got Halle Berry, you've got Sharon Stone, you've got Lambert Wilson, um, you've got the love interest whose name I've had I've had a moment where the name escapes me as well um, but the chap who plays the love interest in you've got a good cast and I, I don't really understand why things didn't work well but even looking at the opening credits of this film they look like a really bad way of trying to tell a story quickly and grab your attention you know it's it, it, they're trying to show this great historic sweep of the Catwoman has been around forever in some form and um it then cuts like a cliched thing of Halle Berry saying, you know, this was the day I died, but the day I lived. Um, and it just seems, yeah, I always felt that it was hyped up. You expected a lot from it and it just seemed to be a mess. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> mess. Uh, me, totally. This, this was film was a replacement apparently for, I think it might've been a similar Batman film. might've been Batman versus Superman, something like that way back then. And it was canceled. And mm-hmm. um, they decided, oh, we'll, we'll do the Catwoman one instead. I mean, the film, all the way through it, has a production values of an 80s made-for-TV movie. And the, the theme tune, the tunes in it, uh, some of the music actually wasn't bad. There was a couple of bits and pieces that were sort of modern at that time. But some of the, you know, the incidental music and the actual theme tune of Catwoman, mm-hmm. it just reminded me so much of a TV movie. And to be honest... If you watch it with that in mind, that this is a TV movie, like a pilot for a series that they were going to do, you could forgive it a bit more. But when you're sitting in the cinema, you've gone to the cinema to see this, thinking at long last, they've made the much the long-anticipated Catwoman film, and this drivel comes on, with no reference to Batman or any other character in the DC universe at all. And suddenly they've got this new mythos for Catwoman that was probably wasn't relevant to the comic at all. And you're thinking, what? why, why, why are you doing this? You know, why, why are you punishing the fans this way? Everything about it was just low budget. And I actually sat and watched the uh, making off because I, I um, <laughs> in preparation for this, I bought a DVD off eBay because I thought, where can I get this? I thought, <laughs> I'll go on eBay. And it cost me like two pounds. But there's special features on robbed. it. Oh, I know. You were robbed. <laughs> you know what the best thing actually about the special features? There's the, the many faces of Catwoman on it, which is an absolutely brilliant short documentary on Catwoman. Michelle Pfeiffer's in it. Julie Newmar's in it. Eartha Kitt's in it. Uh, actually, Eartha Kitt hosts it, and, but there's an interview with her in, in it as well. And Lee Merriweather's in it. The voice of Catwoman from the animated series is in it. And they also talk to Halle Berry. There was great love from all the women that were interviewed for the Catwoman character. And it's actually, it was a very good documentary and, and it was nearly worth it for that alone. But of course, they had the usual 15 minutes off and it was only 15 minutes. So that probably should have said totally off the making of Catwoman. The amount of hope and love in everybody's eyes. I think they genuinely thought that this was something quite good they were making. I mean, I'll give you an example. 
Halle Berry did training for Craig Mc, McGraw. That sounds like a, a town here in Northern Ireland, but it's that some sort of Brazilian martial art. Uh-huh. And she moved. You want to see her move? She mm. a lot of the stunts that, that were in that she actually did them. She did the moves herself. And I thought, my goodness, that is that is incredible. And um, and it was all just wasted. There was a small section where was the justification for the costume that they chose. And the reason for it was they wanted to be able to show the sinewy sexiness of a cat. And so that you could see all the muscles and the reason why she had sandals on. <laughs> this did make me laugh was because it was like the paws of a cat and cats use their paws and. It was that's just a load of bullshit. All I wanted to do was get Halle Berry's stomach and tits out for everybody to see. Uh, it took <clears> it me wrong. Now, she looked at amazing in what was a shit costume. Yeah, I mean, I, I will, I will support that part of the film. Uh, that, that gets the uh, the James Stafford seal of approval. Uh, what I will say on this film though is that I think one of the problems it has is that if you look at it, so to ninety nine point nine percent of the population. The, the character of Catwoman is Selina Kyle and it's part of the Batman story. But obviously they either couldn't get the rights or just being te- <laughs> or just I don't know. I don't know whether they, they took some pre existing I always have a hunch they might have taken a pre existing story for another film and gone, Yeah, we'll 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 play around with it in terms of Catwoman because Halle Berry plays it is it Patience Pride she's called? It's something um, along those lines. Who's some sort of like graphic artist at you know, Lambert Wilson's firm that may or may not make drugs or face creams or something. <laughs> I was a bit strange what they were really making. But mm-hmm. I just find that it didn't feel, I mean, it wasn't Catwoman, was it? And they'd sort of like gone around, we're going to we're gonna have to somehow shoehorn the Catwoman story in. Uh, and as you said, they completely changed it. And I find it very hard to believe. I mean, it was a point... Uh, they made on something called Cinema Sins talk about this film. You know, so Lambert Wilson's supposedly trying to find these gorgeous models who are going to sell the new. It's a face cream, isn't it? That has all mm-hmm. weird properties. And Sharon Stone's. Is Sharon Stone his wife? I think so. It's never explicitly said, but I do I do think she is. Yeah. yeah. I, um. Yes. What a waste of a great actress there. Totally. Totally. I mean, you've got Oscar winners in this film. That's the thing I can't get. And is the is it Benjamin Bratt who's the love interest? Does that ring a bell? Uh, the- you know, I I actually didn't recognise him, and I couldn't remember. Then I couldn't remember what his name is. I had thought about writing everybody's name out that was in the film, and mm. kind of lost the will to live. To be honest, at the thought of it, he was just very wooden, really, really mm. wooden. Yeah, uh, like he like he was really hoping that. Somewhere along the line, somebody would justify why he was even in the film. I mean, once again, this is what gets me. It's a female super, well, not a superhero, but it's a female character. And what does a female Mm. character have to do? She has to have a love interest. They did it in Wonder Mm. Woman as well. And the thing Mm. about this film is, even though it was a critical and financial flop, it was still the highest grossing female superhero style film until Wonder Woman. Oh, dear God. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, I thought, no way. I read it earlier and thought, you've got to be joking. But it's, it's the, the other problem I have for this, you know, like Halle Berry, she starts out, she's got long hair, she's she's still an attractive woman, but I don't know if they're trying to downplay her as being dowdy or something. And then, you know, she dies, she gets bumped off by, uh, was he a bouncer or something? Or 
some sort of, I can never quite find you'll notice this for listening to the sort of pedos listening to this we're just really confused by this film <laughs> the level of pure crapness that is this film uh, this is we're discussing this for amusement but it's like she suddenly decides to chop all the hair off and it's going to like suddenly empower and make her a better person uh, yeah okay yeah I, I have a thought about that <laughs> You know, I actually think what they were trying to do at that stage was they were trying to bring in a wee bit of Selena Kai from Batman Returns. Do you know she gets out with the scissors and cuts up uh-huh. her PVC coat? So I thought, oh, here we go. She's out with scissors. It was the same sort of thing. I don't know what it is with these women, but they seem to be able to go into their wardrobes and lift out things to make costumes. And they have everything there that they need, uh, which always amuses me. But she had this this leather jacket and trousers. It was apparently it was her dating emergency outfit. Well, no harm to you. If somebody, if I was a bloke and a woman turned up dressed in that outfit, I think, well, you've an awful lot of clothes on because she was covered completely from her neck down to her ankles in this black, mm. black outfit. It's not very nice in Halle Berry, but it wasn't what I would have thought of as a dating outfit. But she, yes, she brings her sisters out and she gives herself the most perfect Karen cut. At any Which, moment, I was waiting for her to say, can I see, I want to talk to the manager. Because it was like a perfect Karen-style <laughs> cut. The way it was cut short, and then it was almost like somebody had rubbed her head with a rubber balloon. Well, all balloons are rubber, so what am I talking about? <laughs> with a balloon, inflated <laughs> balloon, because it just, the static cling in her hair was everywhere. Sometimes it looked nice. The first day, the first night she goes out, she steals that guy in the party, his, his Ducati, and she goes out. And I think it's possibly one of the only good scenes in the movie for me was she goes into the jewelers and she tackles the burglars. Mm. And I actually thought that was quite nicely done at that point. I thought, Oh, maybe this is better than I remembered. I'm kind of enjoying this. The fight scene I thought was possibly closer to what a cat and a cat woman would fight like if, if Mm. she was real. Uh, and then apart from the meow, but she went, uh, she says to one of the, the robbers, which was a bit naff. yeah, she also has this like this thing of doing the perfect thing, doesn't she? She says, that would be perfect. And I can't count, you know, thinking they're trying to copy Eartha Kid. Yes. Or, which is what I assume they're trying to do, but it just did not work. And it, you know, like, there's, there's, there's a lack of logic to even the cat stuff. You know, like she goes out on a balcony to try and save, uh, not a balcony, a window, so to try and save a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's at the beginning before, because allegedly this cat, this Egyptian Mao cat, is testing her to see whether she's uh, suitable to have the powers that, that the cat is going to bestow on her, because allegedly the cat knows when Halle Berry's going to die. Uh, this is according to the, the eccentric woman that seems to own the cat, who lives in a house with millions of books. Who, and who a very dodgy you. railing. Yeah. yeah. Who has, who it has a very dodgy railing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah, sorry, what you said? Yeah. No, I was going to say, the interesting thing is, it's Frances Conroy who plays that woman. Yes, who, I was going to say she, that. Yeah, Yeah. who who was in uh-huh. The Joker. So we at least have a positive link there. <laughs> well, actually, that's I haven't seen, believe it or not, I haven't seen The Joker, which is bad. <gasps> what, what, what I know her from, because I'm thinking, why do I know you? How do I know you? You know how you get this mad thing in your head? You think, I know somebody. Whereas years ago, you you couldn't, you'd, you'd be wrecking your brains for weeks to think who it was. Yeah. I went online immediately onto the phone and went, oh, that's the housekeeper in American Psycho. 
not American Psycho. You American Horror Story. <laughs> right. Okay. That's her. The the older woman who seems to be some sort of succubus because mm. they, they sometimes she's seen as some young sexy thing in a French maid's outfit, and the fate the women they see her as an older housekeeper. So I've only seen series one. I have to get around to watching the rest of them. Apparently they're very, very good. Series one is possibly uh, n- not the worst of, of a good bunch, but just the one that's not as good as the rest of them. But I thought, where'd I know her from? And there's actually two people in this movie from Hell on Wheels. I don't know whether you've ever seen it. I haven't, but tell me more. Yeah, it's it's quite, it's, well, it's actually really good. The, the last season went went off a wee bit. It's, it's about um, Bohannon, who is actually, you're, you, he's actually Captain Pike in Discovery. That was the actor. Wow. Uh, Anson Mount. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even recognize him whenever I seen him dressed as Pike. I thought, I know that voice. How do I know him? And it took me three episodes before I realized it was Anson Mount and he had been on Helen Wheels. But it's about, it's about the establishment of the real, real, the railroads across the American West in 1800 and something. And it's and it was it was really really good and um goes on to talk it goes on to show the the conditions of the the Chinese workers that the that they use the migrant workers and and mm. and the black workers and just just everybody and the terrible conditions people went through and it brings the masons in but the, the whole storyline is absolutely fantastic it follows this particular guy who had been a southern soldier and who was kind of just floating about after the death of his family and he joins a railroad and establishes establishes himself in the hierarchy uh, but still very down to earth but i can't remember where i'm going with this oh yes anyway one of his one of his enemies in it is a guy called the swede mm. and he is the guy holding the party ac- across the uh, across the street from Halle Berry's place she shouts at him to, sh- you mean when- to shut yeah. up yep <laughs> and i didn't recognize and i thought again i thought i know him from somewhere and then it dawned on me it was the swede that the but one bit about I actually didn't mind the party scene because she kicks the door in and lays him flat mm. and actually uses the the tube from the from the drinks machine as a whip. I thought, mm. you know, you you got wee moments where you thought I can live with this. That's quite clever. Can we have more? I mean, I, I did find it. I don't know if I thought it was good or bad that you know when she's died and come back to life, ripping off Batman Returns. Clearly. Um, she decides to do like this cat thing where she's just like shoveling tuna into herself. Yeah. Where she's just eating tins upon That's... tins upon tins of tuna. And it 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 seems that it's trying a bit too hard to be at my drift. Um yes. I mean, I'm trying to think whether it's a terrible sign to how how much we look, dislike this film that we're actually discussing other things when we're coming to it. <laughs> <laughs> no. We're trying to discuss it. Um <laughs> But uh, I mean, it, it it does waste a good cast. You've got like Alex Borstein in it, who plays like a friend who has the allergic reaction to the face cream. Uh, and for those who aren't, they know Alex Borstein worked on Family Guy. She's one of the voices. She voices Lois on Family Guy, and she's no. in other things Seth MacFarlane's done. Yep, that is oh, her. Wow. Gosh, she's brilliant. Oh, what a waste! Yeah, what an absolute yeah. waste. I mean, don't get me wrong, Halle Berry. I thought. I admire that they chose a person of colour to be the main yeah. character. Because bear in mind, that was early 2000s, and it was still kind of unusual. Holly Berry mm. was one of the few actors 
that uh, was quite popular. She was actually really good. She was in a James Bond movie. I think a few years after that, I remember being really surprised because I wasn't really into Bond. And uh, she was uh, very, very she good was, in it. She, she was in Dino the Day, but that too was a pretty bad Dudden failure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there, there was talk, actually, I don't remember at the time, there was talk about uh, a spin-off for her character from, yeah, from that particular you, film. You're so, right, yeah. considering a Jinx spin-off. That's what it was, Jinx, you called her. And yes, that was, I, I think that they did pick a great actress for it but she was let down and, and dear helper I think she really tried to make something of this she tried to establish her own Catwoman and she had such I mean the history of Catwoman behind her as I said earlier all the, all the actresses that have done it it would be extremely difficult to come up with your own version of Catwoman I mean everybody was looking at this to be the successor to Batman Returns imagine yeah. the pressure and then you have this shit script. I feel so sorry for I, I, I genuinely do. I think she tried to make the best of an absolutely dreadful movie. And I'm convinced that uh, Warner Brothers did not give them any money. That half the problem was the money. Because uh, the CGI was so ropey. I was going to get goodness. to that. Because like, when it <laughs> opens, and you know, when you see just what's supposed to be buildings, it's clearly obvious bad. Or certainly cheap CGI, and it's a very strange. It's a strange thing because even at the time, I'm sure you was you would see better stuff in things like The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Films of that period is a far better put together thing. I mean, to to try and give our poor listeners some idea about this film. So the idea is that she's really downtrodden. She gets killed. She's brought back by cat. She gets empowered. Does this sound like Batman Returns to anyone? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, without Batman. So, yeah, so it's like the Batman Returns thing, but they've just done it. As, I mean, it's so cliched. You know, like she snaps at a boss, and you know, like the job goes. And does she get fired or does she walk out? I can't remember which, but you know, she does the cliche thing. Her. You can't tell. Yeah, you can't tell me what to do. Talk to the hand, sort of thing. Um, uh huh. I don't know. It's like it's. It, it's almost like someone sat the list and gone, right, let's go with every cliche we possibly can. Every trope has rolled out there. There's the there's the woman who's getting older, who's, who's worried about her looks, who turns evil. Which is, um, yeah. Which, yeah. Sharon, yep, really Sharon Stone, yeah. Yep. Because really she's the brains at it. There's the dopey husband who's the adulterer, who's running after younger women, who's a narcissist and an egotist. Um, you have the downtrodden cop who works on his own. He works on his own so much that whenever, spoilers, she's arrested later on for the murder of Sharon Stone's husband, that he interviews her on his own. Now, he would be considered, um, what's the word? Now, the word occurred to me last night and I can't think. Um, he, he would not be considered um, an independent investigator because he, mm-hmm. he's had a relationship with this woman. So, yeah. oh gosh, it's going to annoy me. There's actually there's actually a word for whenever your testimony is discredited because because of your connection. And he he should not be he's interviewing her on her own. <laughs> he's no papers in front mean, of him, and he's not recording the interview in any way. So I'm thinking, how are you actually gathering evidence here? Not none of this is making any sense. 
Is it an unreliable witness and a cut that be but there'd be a conflict of interest, wouldn't there? Yeah, it would be along those lines, yes. And and of course she she says that so there we go. There's the cop. He was a cop and he did things his way. So he works on his own. (laughs) So there you go, you've got that trope as well. Uh you've got the bodyguards in the background that are automatically bad. We had the scientist actually at the beginning complaining to Sharon Stone in the research and development facility that uh, patients eerie wigs in on their conversation, overacting, saying that he can't live with himself because because of uh, the damage that it's doing to people. This cream it damages the skin, and if you if you stop it, your skin becomes irre- irre- irreparably damaged. But if you continue on with it, it turns to marble, as Sharon Stone explains later on. I'm actually, I've I mean, got the fingers out here pointing at bits and pieces in the air as I'm trying to describe. I mean, this. yeah. I mean, come on. What's the plot of the film? It's not world domination. It's not, you know, some megalomaniac trying to take over, uh, say, a business and, and destroy things. It's a skin cream. It's a skin cream. <laughs> yes, it's a skin cream uh, sold by what looks like the insignia of Horrible Histories. I don't know whether you've watched <laughs> Horrible Histories. How's this for going off on a tangent? But the gates of the house that Sharon Stone and her, and her husband, partner, whoever it is, lives in, has the HH on it, and also the company has mm-hmm. this HH. And all I could think of was Horrible Histories every time I seen that, because it was so similar. <laughs> now, horrible Histories, I think, came after that, but no. I... Well, the, the, the other thing I'm going to say, uh, you know, to you as a woman, so this is like the, one of the first sort of big female-led, uh, you know, superhero films. Is there not a tad to you? Is there, or could, am I just reading this wrong? That, could it be construed as a tad sexist that the the focus of this is a skin cream that's a good point actually i hadn't even thought of it that way um possibly because i'm addicted to skin creams myself uh yeah it is i i just find the whole film a bit made for tv mills and boone yeah yeah you had you had the beautiful woman you had you had the beauty product you had the outfits it was like I mean, oh dear. Oh, talking about outfits, I have to say this. How did she go from her two-piece black jacket and black trousers, bootcut trousers, hmm. to this bra and these two belts? <laughs> and yes. the trousers that were, obviously they're supposed to be like ripped by a cat. And actually yeah. it was quite cheeky because you could see her bum as well and a pair of high heel shoes. And the mask was given to her by... The mad eccentric woman with the cats, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, well, I couldn't, I couldn't understand. There was no with Michelle Pfeiffer. You really believed you knew the reason for this costume. Yeah. Admittedly, you didn't you did. know. You don't know where she got these absolutely fabulous boots from, or how she even made a PVC coat into a latex catsuit. But you believed it. You were you were completely willing to let that go, completely willing to let that go because the reason the suit, like Michelle Pfeiffer, broke down over the film mm, as her it certainly as she did, got yeah. more and more yeah. involved. Yeah, Halle Berry's just got well, it only changed once, I suppose. It went from jacket and trousers to this thing that you would. Definitely do an SM club in. No, you could go clubbing in that with absolutely no. Torture Garden in London would be the perfect place for that. 
It's almost like with that second costume, it's almost like you're veering into like porn parody, per- you know, territory with it. Yes. <laughs> and that mask, who the, oh, I think it's, it's slightly Egyptian looking. That, fair enough. There are some Egyptian things that look a bit like it. Now, I actually have that mask. When I was here, we go. It's typical of me. Let's face it, folks. There's always a cosplay story somewhere. I'm a bit like during the war. Only for me, it's cosplay <laughs> story. <laughs> like the Granda and Only Fields and Horses. I actually have that mask because whenever we were putting Catwoman together, Maison de Kato and I were putting Catwoman together four years ago, I think it was now, I bought so many different cat masks so we could have mm. something to build on. And one of them, just out of curiosity, because I got it really, really cheap on eBay. What's that? Was that mask? And actually, that mask, whenever you see it in real life, is quite nice. It does look mm-hmm. slightly like Mickey Mouse with those big ears. <laughs> but there's nice detailing on it. And uh, I made it into a steampunk version, uh, sort of like a steampunk SNM type version, if I'm really honest. And I put a big red ponytail on it and and my other bits and pieces and put bits of colours and all on. But the mask itself is actually quite nice, apart from the fact that the nose was really bulbous and I had to remodel it. And But it it's, was... When I first seen it, I was really genuinely shocked by the choice and the design of the mask. Yeah. Because it doesn't... Uh, Catwoman, I think, in the 19... Was it 39? Batman came out, I can't remember. And Catwoman was early 40s, early 1940s. Um, she she was a jewel thief and she had a, a cat mask on. It was like, like a, a cat mask. Yeah, it was <laughs> very simple, wasn't it? Very it simple. It wasn't, yeah. Nothing to me has looked like that. Even some of the Elseworlds, Catwoman, and some of the you know alternative realities, it's it seemed a strange choice because of the way it was shaped and designed. That those big high arches at the front above the eye, up above the eyebrows. Uh, yeah, uh, I I would love to have seen. Did they come up with other ideas for it? What did they throw away that they thought that this was a good costume to choose? My fuck me! What? What? In the, who in their right mind would think? Yeah, I'm really happy with his design because the designer was actually quite well respected. She chose that. Well, sorry, she maybe didn't choose that. Mm, You've no option. Design something, make it sexy. I mean, the other thing that I can't get my head around this time is her to give her cat-like powers. You know, she's suddenly having like you know. Extra sensory. I mean, to me, it seems like they're trying to do a bit of a Spider-Man and give her, you know, these extra abilities to to see and sense things. But like when they have her playing basketball, wasn't it against Benjamin Bratt's character? <laughs> yes. It, are you telling me that a lot of people will notice the, the ability of like the weird jumps and amazing things she's doing? Like nobody reacts to this at all. And I oh god, I can only think that 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 um, if if you were with a beautiful woman. And she did that. That you, your hard on would be just getting in the way of your critical thinking <laughs> skills, and you would just go, "Well, I don't care that she can do all this and that she eats sushi <laughs> when they go to the restaurant for the first date." Well, and she's yeah. sitting eating all the fish off the top of the sushi. That I think that's perfectly normal because I just want to get into her knickers. To use a very colloquial expression. I mean, yeah. interestingly, I did, I did read something that was interesting about that scene with the sushi, is that it was actually a fruit made up to look like fish. Right. So she could just gobble it all down without a problem, I'm assuming. Um, but 
the the point you hit on there when you're talking about how she's attractive and it's uh you know that must be the forgiveness it's like that text i sent you even the boobs of berry cannot save this no. <laughs> i knew i was in trouble when i read that one i thought oh even the boobs the boobs haven't yeah, done it even they yeah uh, they were slightly hypnotic the way she wa- I, I quite true. like the way she walked it was very it was it was very sexy but uh, slightly hypnotic and very confusing. Yeah. Wasn't well, it? What are you going to say, John? I'm intrigued. I was going to say, cool. yeah, I was actually going to repeat myself because I, I told this story whenever we did the Batman Returns. But in case you haven't listened, go back, go back and listen to our Batman Returns review. It goes on like for two and a half hours, but it's worth it because we loved it so much. But yeah, I was going to tell the story again of whenever I went to the cinema to see this and there was a group of teenagers in the audience. Do you remember that? And I think they were like about 14. And they just got so fed up watching it. And one of them actually started to imitate her walk up and down the aisle. And it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And to this day, I still think that that young guy might have gone on to become a drag queen because he was perfect <laughs> he was absolutely fantastic at it. and his friends thought this was really funny and uh didn't take away from the film if you had have breathed near me during batman returns i'd have ripped your head off hmm. but seeing a teenager pretend to be catwoman didn't take away from the film but i think what they said about one of the problems of this film is that and i i don't have a problem with this as a man i find holly very incredibly attractive but the problem is, it's almost like they just tried to make her sexy. And it's not difficult. She's sexy. It's easy. The shots of her, of her slinking around and her bottom and things. But it's like they did it just on a hope to sort of sell the film, on a whim, that the, um, you know, to give it, to make it as, as amazing and slinking sexy as possible. But it, it almost didn't tie to the performance. It didn't do anything for it. It, it was like, well, it's like the, the director's going, oh, my God, this is really, like, bad. How are we going to sell this? I know. We'll sell it as a female empowerment film to the girls, and we'll make it as sexy and mad as possible for the lads. And hopefully somewhere it'll meet in the middle. Oh, it was almost like it had been shot and designed by virgins. People who had never had sex made this film because they thought, oh, this is what sexy is. Having a clue. Mm-hmm. Not the slightest bit. Not- did you not feel that it looked, I don't know if it's the age of the film, but it didn't look right to me the way it was shot. It seemed to be in some sort of strange filter to it. Yeah. It had that, uh, it just, it, it, that's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of the filters that they would have on, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> the excitement they're getting the better of me. I had to choke. It reminded me of the uh, made for TV uh, films, even in the seventies. Just that low budget, low quality film that they would have cranked out and maybe would have shown it on a Wednesday night at 10 o'clock when nothing else was on. Or it'd be one of those things at like <laughs> two in the morning mm. <laughs> on TV when no one's watching. <laughs> no one in their right mind, apart from you, because I've asked you, would you watch it? <laughs> yeah, uh, pounding coffee and Red Bull <laughs> to keep me going. <laughs> Yeah, very little really to recommend this film. I mean, it shows the difference actually because yes, we're under we're under pain of death from Gemma that are that we're not allowed to talk for two and a half hours again about a movie. But you don't even have this one playing in the background as you usually no, do. I don't. No, we're not even I've walking through this scene by scene. 
Yeah, it, it's so bad. I mean, this is going to go down to one of our strangest celluloid cods walk together because we're, we're not enthusiastic. We're actually fighting to try and <laughs> find good <laughs> things to say. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're fighting to follow the next 10 minutes. No, I, I, I'm i livid for, for everybody involved because mm. this could have been fantastic. They had the right actor for it. Uh, some of the producers that were involved, the, some of the people that were involved, Batman Returns, in it, Denise did, 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 I can't pronounce your name. She was involved <laughs> in it. Everything was lined up that it should have been there, but somebody decided that they were going to make a very bad porn parody with 2.50 because yeah. that's all the budget was. And I, I so still actually was- would like to do that costume, though, just out of curiosity to see. Because once in a blue moon, you'll see somebody with it on online. Not too many people, though. Is that through the shame of what the film is? It's... Yeah, I think I think so. And, and also probably a lot of people go on, what are you supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask one question of you. What on earth, really, was the Sharon Stone's character? What was her motivation, apart from money and skin cream? <laughs> I think, I think, well, I think she was a narcissist. I'm trying. I'm trying to actually. I'm probably putting more thought into this than the people who wrote the damn thing did. I think she was a narcissist who didn't want to lose her looks, and who in the end allows who falls off the building won't, won't allow herself to be saved because Halle Berry has miraculously damaged the skin on her face. It's supposed to be like marble with a set of claws from this rare necklace. I thought that was tenuous. That it really was not just her grip on the, on the building, but that the grip on the uh, the grip on the storyline at that point. So it, I think it was all to do with the fear of growing old. And okay, fair enough, I can understand that. But my goodness, you had... Um, you can actually see Sharon Stone sometimes looking really awkward and dialing it in thinking, I'm getting such and such money for this. That'll do me. Uh, I was really hoping that maybe after this, she got enough money to uh, to get a decent haircut or a wig. Because again, that was another Karen-style haircut. That had been styled with a balloon. More static cling. I couldn't understand why the women in this film chose haircuts that just literally looked like they had been pulled through a bush. Um, to use a really old expression, she literally looked like she'd been pulled through a hedge. Mm, yeah. It, well, I because I was thinking that when I looked at it myself, thought a hair seems odd in this. I mean, I thought, I thought everybody's hair was a bit strange in this film, but it was. I, I also found going back to when I was top out the way the thing was shot. It was like that old trick of Vaseline on the lens to try and make everybody look yes. younger. Yes. So everybody had almost like a 60 watt light bulb behind their behind their, their nose because they kind of all shone. And as you say, it's kind of <laughs> on the lens. Sharon Stone literally looked like someone had given her a good buff down. She well, was reflecting well, I light. Think, yeah, I try to think if they do is try and make Sharon Stone look younger. But she doesn't look bad in reality. But I started watching it even well as much as I could, fighting back the urge to vomit. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm thinking, Lambert Wilson's got that weird look. But everybody had this sort of weird look. It was like I, I don't know what they processed it with. But going back to the film, looking at it, the other problem it had on how cliched it is is like you said. So magically, the claws can damage the skin cream that messes up your face, but can make look young. That that's bad enough. But the fact that, like, it's a cliched way of killing her, you know, when they kill Halle Berry, you know, it's water. Cats don't like water. You know, she gets flushed mm. out of a pipe. It, it, it's like 
there was just a complete lack of imagination. And I'm sure there was a better film wanting to be made in this. I'm sure if they put a bit more effort and time in it, they could have made a better feature. But it, yeah, it, 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 I don't know. I don't know what uh, the easiest way I can describe it is. I don't think the film quite knew what it wanted to be. No, uh, I think it wanted to be a film, but it didn't quite make it that far. It was literally, do you know what? It was something the cat dragged in. That's what this film was. <laughs> oh. Something the cat dragged in. <laughs> uh, I, I, it was it was the fur ball that a cat had caught, has caught, coughed up in the corner. And you know it's bad when it made Roger Ebert's like most hated films list. Yeah, that was <laughs> That's good. Bad. Yeah, I think it was torn to bits as well for its for its uh, sexism. And uh, it won something like seven Golden Raspberry Awards. I remember Halle Berry actually going and collecting her own, which is kind of unusual, apparently. Yeah, I remember yeah, seeing that on TV I, and at the time going, yeah, I can understand why you won that. I mean, I think that was brilliant that she turned up for it, because was he not in the same yes. year she got her Oscar? So I think so. Yeah, because like, what has happened to Halle Berry's career since then? That's a good question. I mean, she there was somebody that... Silence. Yeah. No, no, that was the teller. Silence, mm. you can go... Yeah, she'd done this, this, and this. And if you think about it, she did Monsters Ball, she won an Oscar, she'd die, she'd die another day, things were not going well at that point. She, uh, I can't remember if it was this or die another day, but either way, it ain't good stuff. I'm trying oh, to think she the was last in the last John... Yeah, I just remember she was in the last John Wick movie. Yeah, but... Well, that's true, and she was okay in that, but she's not done anything where she's, like, a, a major person in things anymore. It's also like she's do, just doing bit parts and things, and it's it's like is this the nail in the coffin, for, or was this the nail in the coffin for the big career for her? Uh, it's it's a difficult one to say. And that I, I was talking to my dad about this film, interesting, because I was saying you and I were going to be doing a podcast about it, and he said, "Well, what would you encapsulate went wrong for it?" Uh, and the way I look at it is. You had 92. The expectations were absolutely massive following that for Catwoman because it was focused by Michelle Pfeiffer. And then, okay, so that didn't work out and it was going to be Ashley Judd. And I think the problem the film had is it basically lost its way and its focus on what it wanted to be. And the promise it initially had, even if that maybe hadn't been perfect and it might have been some strange style, Tim Burton, maybe almost like what could have happened with Superman Lives, the Catwoman film that could have come from that could have been something completely different and turned it on its head film-wise. I mean, something quite amazingly visual to see with like all these, these supervillains who like escaped off to the Vegas style place to live together and the crime and craziness that came from that. Um, instead you got, I mean, Ashley Judd must've walked away from it. And I do remember once I read this. I read this interview where supposedly because this film was going to be great, Ashley Judd was really, really unhappy that she'd walked away from it. Well, I'm pretty damn sure mm. that after this film came out, she would not be regretting that at all, and she'd be thanking the lucky stars that um, she didn't make it. But I think what happened is it became so far detached from what it could have been that it just became some weird generic, weird style made-for-TV almost action film that had, like, superhero stuff stapled onto it, and they hoped it would stick on the wall when they threw it. And it was probably, like I said earlier on, a story that had absolutely nothing to do with Catwoman originally. It could have been, to be honest, been any generic film with someone getting framed for crimes and weird rich people 
motivating things, moving stuff around. And I think what it also tried to be a little bit too much and failed gargantuanly at was it might have been trying to copy the crow a bit in some of its weird stuff. And certainly when they made the trailer for this film, uh, they took lines from the crow and changed them to be about a cat. Oh, good grief. I didn't even notice that. There's a movie I haven't seen in a long, long time. The crow. Yeah. And seen that's that in years. a good film. So mm-hmm. I've I've absolutely ripped it to shreds discussing it there. What would you how would you feel about this film, John? I thought this was the the greatest waste of one of the most complicated and cherished comic book characters that, that there is. I, I just think it was such a waste. There's there was so much that they could have pulled on from the comics. They didn't even have to go out and write some random story. They could have lifted anything from the comics. Catwoman, Selina Kyle, Catwoman is such an established figure. And just, just to, to leave her out of it didn't make any sense. I think confusion is the biggest thing that I take away from this film. You're right, it doesn't know what it wants to be. And that is the detriment to the film itself. Because it is so directionless. Mm. It's. I think you pretty much said it all, James, to be perfectly honest. You pretty much encapsulated how bad it was um i I said it before yeah i feel i genuinely feel so sorry for holly berry and for the people that were involved in this because it was embarrassing and actually it's interesting because in in the special features in the dvd they actually had a section on deleted scenes and one of the scenes appeared to be an alternative ending for the character because she leaves the cop at the end because she she wants to be this independent thing, this independent sexy thing walking across rooftops with her cat. And um, <laughs> it seemed to be that, that they, those two stayed together because they're talking at the end and he says to her, um, is that a new per- are those real diamond earrings? And she went, oh, and he went, oh, you, well, if you're going to stay with me. So I thought, okay, they obviously must stay together. But no, I mean, put it this way. This film has been so bad. We haven't even made a pussy joke. No, I'm no, sorry. We haven't. That, that is terrible. We haven't made any pussy jokes whatsoever. And Holly we, Berry we, we, could have been a damn fine pussy. She could. I mean, it's this is probably going to go down as one of our weirdest like codswalls because we've not <laughs> dissected the film. We've not even shown any love for, for the film. For you, uh, sweet you know, sweet, lovely, salty tadpoles, this is probably the flattest we're ever going to review anything because we just cannot get emotionally involved in this film at all. So the other thing I want to ask you, Joanne, and I don't think I've asked you this on other, uh, other cellular codswarps, is if you were going to make this, what would you have done differently? Or, or no, I'll be, sorry, we'll, we'll re, I'll rephrase that. You are given the task to make the perfect ultimate Catwoman film. You're a huge fan. You know your stuff. And I'm not saying that's just like a, saying you have that ability. I'm saying that is an obvious thing we know about you. You're a huge fan. You know your stuff. What would you do differently and who would you cast? Mm. I think I probably would have used the Catwoman in Batman Year One, who's mm-hmm. a prostitute mm-hmm. and who was who was part-time dumb by the looks of it as well uh, mm-hmm. and who was living in, in the crime-filled part of Gotham City with the girl, the young girl uh, that she rescued, Holly, that she rescued. Mm-hmm. I would have, yeah. I would have made it really gritty that way. Uh, in fact, she attacks Bruce Wayne. Comes into the crime area, 
uh, before he dons Batman, he he goes out to try and try and find himself um, how he's going to fight crime, and he gets into a fight. He's dressed in a he's dressed in a beanie hat and a sort of like a, a military style jacket, mm-hmm. casual type jacket, and he gets beaten up. And she's one of the ones actually that lays into him as well because mm-hmm. does he grab? I think I think he captures Bruce Wayne. Uh, grabs hold of Holly because Holly tries to rob him and he's holding onto her wrist and she can hear upstairs she hears Holly screaming Selena. Now I, I could mm. be making some of this up because it's been a long time since I've read this but I knew it stayed with me uh, at the time. I and, think uh, she goes down and beats. Yeah, do you remember reading that? Well, to a degree because they dress him up like a uh, he's a bit of a taxi driver homage I think in the way he's dressed yes. he's, he's going around the street and I think I think it's Holly or one of the girls comes up to him and starts chatting him up and she's obviously very young because he's like a kid and he says to her, how old are you and she goes as old as you want me to be or something the pimp steps in and like hassling her and he says that and Bruce says something like, I didn't say to stop or some comment anyway, and all, all hell breaks loose. And that's how Selena gets pulled into it because a big fight breaks out, basically. So I think he fights the pimp and then the prostitutes start attacking Bruce. This. Because it also led into Catwoman Year One. Or mm. there, was a, there was a Catwoman spin-off from that particular comic because she gets beat up and then she learns how to defend herself and she designs a costume and her initial run-ins with Batman. That's the one that I would have told. Those are the stories I would have told. Not this fairy tale bullshit that they came off with. I would have, I would have taken Catwoman back back to her roots. Mm. Definitely. Because that the 80s comics, mid-80s comics sort of changed how we seen superheroes. It was quite a dark time because you had the Dark Knight mm-hmm. Returns and you had Batman Year One and you had Catwoman and even Superman got a bit dark around about that time too. And some people lambasted it and they said it was all far too dark and it should never have gone through that. But I, I think it suddenly made heroes into something that an adult really wanted to read. Anybody could read it before, but all of a sudden it was more adult in its, in its thoughts and how it was portrayed. And I thought it was a great time for comics and that's where I would have taken it back to. But as for an actor, that's a really good question because I am shit with names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't I don't know who I would choose. Um I mean the the, the when she appeared in the Batman trilogy that time, her name's gone out of my head now too. Who played who played Catwoman in, in the Christopher Nolan film? Oh uh, Anne Hathaway. Oh uh-huh. Anne Hathaway. Didn't really hit didn't really fit the bill for me. I, I didn't enjoy that movie anyway because I thought that was a waste of Catwoman. I thought that film was all over the place. It really was. So I, I don't know. It would take it to be somebody that had literal balls for me as an actress. <laughs> I know. Uh, wait, actually, Holly Berry. Holly Berry could have done that role that I've just described. Mm. She would have had that in her to do that. So, yeah, I would have given it still to Holly Berry and seen what she did with it. Give her a decent story to come in and actually make it her own she could have made that her own whatever actress took that would have made that particular Catwoman their own because it hadn't been done before on screen it would have been so much easier to do I, I think yeah, I think it, it would have taken you wouldn't have had to go oh it can't be like this can't be like this can't be like Julie can't be like um, Michelle can't be whatever this would have been that person's own unique Catwoman 
And the the it, I've gathered um, how much truth there is behind. It, I don't know is that at some point for Darren Ar- Aronofsky's take on Year One, Halle Berry was considered for Catwoman in that. I was going to ask you. I mean, you kind of preempted in what you said, but I was going to ask you: Do you think, or what do you think could have been done to salvage this Catwoman film? And you were sort of saying basically that you know you think she would have been good uh, if they'd given her the right script. I also wonder if they had made it say an 18 and changed some aspects of it could that have improved the Catwoman film we got for 2004 Hmm. but the problem I feel with that is that say you decide to ramp it up and make it an 18 what are you going to add to this dire story that looks like it could be you know, like you said, like some child's version of a film almost you know, some whack it on on the Saturday afternoon film I don't see how that could improve it for me, if they were going to make, I still honestly believe that if they had made a film with Michelle Pfeiffer of the style of Batman Returns, we could have had a really interesting, screwed up, dark, gothic film that would have been, uh, wouldn't have even been, I think, what they would get, what they intended for her character. I would have gone really dark and twisted and gothic. Um, and maybe you could have gone a bit year one with it and had her maybe going off to become a prostitute somewhere uh, to pull a life together. Because I think the idea was she'd, be amne- she'd have amnesia. Uh, that could have been an interesting way of doing things. But, you know, I don't mm. envision that any alterations he could have made to the 2004 Catwoman could have really improved it. I think you'd have to have started from scratch with something. Um, I still would love to see Michelle Pfeiffer back playing Catwoman, even at the age she is now, because she still looks fabulous. She's still a brilliant actress. And to oh, see yeah. an older character, an older Catwoman, you know, because we, we know that there is this, there's going to be this um, Flash Universe Flashpoint film where we're going to see Keaton back in. So I raise the question, why not see, you know, Pfeiffer back in as Catwoman in there, you know, in, in, in some form or other, you know, maybe they could be married. Yeah, I think, I think there's, there's been rumours about it. Yeah, there have mm. been rumours. Well, that has probably been more fan wank, as it were. Mm. Really hoping that something will appear. I mean, the thought of Keaton dressed as Batman again, to me, he was always Batman. I absolutely mm. adored his Batman. I thought he just nailed it perfectly. He was the closest to the com. He, him, and Affleck. Oh, well, straight, yeah, you agreed on agreed. that. We had that we chat before. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Affleck was the lethal Batman. He was the one that would have yeah. literally terrified you. He was more like mm. uh, the Dark Knight Returns Batman. Yeah, that's what yeah. he reminded. He was Frank Miller's Batman, and totally. even had the short ears. And I just, I thought he he was fantastic. Uh, I could go off on go off on another diatribe, <laughs> but just how good he was. Yeah, there there is. Nothing that saved this film. Absolutely <laughs> It's terrible that I laugh because I'm literally <sighs> just thinking how we have really struggled. I know. <laughs> well, let's face it. You really and I, we, we, could, we could talk about anything for hours on yeah. end. And we've gone from the highs of Batman Returns to the literal lows of Catwoman. And do you know what? I've gone from feeling really sorry for the film She's just really bloody annoyed. No, I'm absolutely <laughs> fucking raging that they wasted the character that I love more than anything. I, whenever I watched the uh, the many faces of Catwoman, that small documentary on the DVD last night, I was inspired enough that I went down to my study and started working on I Have an Arkham Asylum Catwoman uh, 
call and it's it's dreadful it's an exposure which is it's a sort of like um a mass-produced make so i went down last night and started to hack into it to reshape it that's come along quite well and that was because i was simply inspired because i'd seen michelle pfeiffer again and and all the other cat women that i really liked and i was sitting eating a bag of arrows arrow you know those green marble ball things that mm-hmm. arrows do and i thought i need to stop beating her i'll never get into a cat suit again but i was just so completely enthralled with it and that dvd i could happily throw it out but bar for that one little documentary on it because Catwoman. Catwoman means an awful lot to so many people, obviously me included. She goes deeper than just some floozy in a cat suit. She's complicated. She's she really is a cat. She's independent and she does what think what she thinks is right for her and for the people that she loves. And she's not a goody goody two shoes like Supergirl and Superman and even Bruce Wayne to a certain degree. She is her own person. And instead, we got somebody that was windy and who whispered <laughs> an awful lot. That's yeah. right. There was a lot of whispering going on at times, too. But there was the odd moment where we seen Catwoman in the film. But like, I mean, that was probably 30 seconds top. I don't know what else to say about this one. <laughs> I, 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 I will say I will say one highlight of this film for me. And I'd be interested to see if he noticed it. So the idea is that in this film, Catwoman has come from a long line of cat women or something in history. And when she's at, I can't remember the character, so Halle Berry's at Francis Conroy's house or whatever it is, and she's saying to you know, you are now Catwoman. And she's showing all the different different Catwoman in history. Did you notice something? You know, I did notice it, but I read about it, that Michelle Pfeiffer was was in one of the photographs. Yep, that's correct. That's the highlight of the film for me. You see the real Catwoman, Selena Kyle, and it's a shot of Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know how I missed it. It was actually Wikipedia today because I thought, right, I haven't actually read the Wikipedia entry. Because I always go to the Wikipedia entry or do a wee bit of research online just to see what, you know, a bit of background for the film. And I didn't even remember to look at the Wikipedia entry until about half five tonight. And I read it on it and I couldn't remember seeing it at all. And what's even worse was I was sitting looking for it at the time in the movie. And I didn't notice it. Well, well, I, have to go I, I found it. Yeah, I think you're going to have to go back. So mm-hmm. I always say this, I always say this to wrap it up, Joanne. What would you give this out of, out of, out of, marks out of five? Uh, oh, there would have to be. Um, I'm trying to think. Isn't it Kelvin, which is which is measuring coldness, <laughs> something like that from a science point of view. <laughs> I think we'd have to use a Kelvin range of temperatures for this because it it just doesn't even deserve a zero. I'll, I'll maybe give it a 0.5 for those 30 seconds where I saw Catwoman <laughs> and I believed Catwoman was there. I'll give it 0.5 out of five. Right. That's the most that I can give it. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously, you know, getting stranger in my my advancing years <laughs> because <laughs> I, I i will give it a one and the only reason i'll give it a one is because it's got a really good cast that's literally it i'll give it a one for that because the saddest thing is when you look at it it is an incredibly good cast if you and it, i was right it was benjamin brad but if you if you're looking at just the main people you have you know halle berry 
great actress, Oscar winner. You have Sharon Stone, great actress, Oscar winner. Lambert Wilson, good actor. Benjamin Bratt, good actor. You know, Alex Borstein, good actress. You know, Francis Conroy, for God's sake, good actress. And it's just, yeah, what a damp squib. What a, 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 a failure for the cast. So, if you've not guessed Salty Temples, we hate this film. <laughs> I tell you what, I actually enjoyed it watching it at home. Mm. 16 years after I first seen it in the cinema. So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that shocked me. I was actually pleasantly surprised about that because I watched it. I watched it in two sittings. Uh, the first time I watched it for half an hour and I decided to go and do something useful. I can't remember what it was. And then I watched the, the other part last night. And I expected to be pulling my hair out and to blind to be blinding myself with my Catwoman claws, but I didn't. <laughs> I actually didn't mind watching it. So though I give it a zero point five, it doesn't reflect that I didn't mind watching it this time. Zero point five is probably more how I felt when I was in the cinema. I might be persuaded to give it a one, simply because I didn't hate it like I expected to hate mm. it. It still annoys me now the thought of that this is what they gave us. How dare they give us this is the Catwoman that they gave us. Sure bastards, because we deserve so much more. Well, I think we've been talking of Soliloid Codswallop for this week. I think we'll both be able to get over the depression of having watched this. I'm going to cling to the idea, to the hope that we get Michelle Pfeiffer in the Flashpoint film that's going to have, uh, you know, Keaton in it back as Bruce Wayne and Batman. So on that bombshell, I've been James. And I've been having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll think you on then. So 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 scandalous. You're dangerous, just get it out. Don't pay your move, so scandalous. It's all about the tune.